Chapter Twelve of the Life and Ventures of the Original John Jacob Astor. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Warner. The Life and Ventures of the Original John Jacob Astor by Elizabeth Louisa Gebhard. Chapter 12. John Jacob Astor's Home and Family John Jacob Astor's start in business for himself in Queen Street, as has been seen, was the sequel to his marriage to Miss Sarah Todd, the daughter of Mrs. Sarah Todd, a short time previous. Miss Todd brought her husband not only a good social connection as a relative of the Brevoort family, and a dowry of three hundred dollars, but also a mind equal to the intricacies of his advancing business, and a perception of indefatigable industry, which were a great assistance to him in its details. Mrs. Astor, though possessed of great amiability, was a decided character, and was intensely interested in her husband's enterprises. John Jacob Astor said of his wife at a later period, that she was the most perfect judge of furs in his business learning to know them in the early years of her married life as he had himself by personally handling and caring for them she had been living in new york during the revolutionary war and had known much of this trying period she also remembered some of the momentous incidents that took place in the birth of a nation among these were the withdrawal of the british garrison and general washington's arrival in new york on his famous white charger accompanied by governor clinton the continentals entered the city with their banners flying and bands playing yankee doodle triumphant though they showed the ravaging effects of a seven years war the line of march was through the bowery and pearl street so passing the todd residence but the conquering army of the young nation held too large a place in the hearts of the loyal citizens of new york including the women and children for them to patiently await their coming eagerly they went some distance out of town to meet and welcome their heroes and a portion of the todd family was a part of this welcoming host the early domestic life of the young couple was simple as befitted young people with their way to make in the world their first child magdalen astor and their second child were probably born in the queen street home with a grandmother as well as a mother to surround them with loving care there were burdens and trials of many kinds in the home during these first years and the life of so adventurous a man as her husband was likely to bring mrs astor many anxieties as well as days of rejoicing and elation through them all she proved a loyal and loving helpmeet the mother of this family was an earnest christian woman and reared her children with reverence and respect for religious ideals the husband and wife were as one in these cardinal sentiments, and their marriage was a peculiarly happy one. One of Mr. Astor's earliest business advertisements appeared in the New York Packet under the date of May the 22nd, 1786. Jacob Astor, number 81 Queen Street, two doors from the Friends Meeting House, has just imported from London an elegant assortment of musical instruments, such as pianofortes, spinets, guitars, the best of violins, German flutes, clarinets, hoboys, fifes, the best Roman violin strings, and all other kinds of strings. 
music books and paper, and every other article in the musical line, which he will dispose of on a very low terms for cash. By January the 10th, 1789, the following advertisement still offered musical instruments, but the fur business was brought more prominently forward. John Jacob Astor, at number 81 Queen Street, next door but one to the Friends Meeting House, has for sale an assortment of pianofortes of the newest construction, made by the best makers in London, which he will sell at reasonable terms. He gives cash for all kinds of furs, and has for sale a quantity of Canada beavers and beavering coating, raccoon skins and raccoon blankets, muskrat skins, and so on and so on. For several years after this, Mr. Astor continued to sell musical instruments, till at last, having found the fur business more profitable than music, he turned his musical instruments over to Michael Paff, who succeeded him in this branch of his business. Mr. Astor's business continued to prosper, he himself superintending all parts of it to the minutest detail. One of his mottos was, if you wish a thing done, get someone to do it for you, but if you wish it done well, do it yourself. In 1789, Mr. Astor made his first purchase in real estate, two lots on the Bowery Lane, for which he paid £250, about $625 current money of the state of New York. It was a cash purchase, and the deed was signed, sealed, and delivered in the presence of his brother, Henry. In less than a year, he made a second purchase, this time of a dwelling house and lot on Little Dock Street, now a part of Water Street. In 1790, he appeared in the city directory as Astor J.J., fur trader, 40 Little Dock Street. Already the fur business was taking precedence of the musical instruments. Though England had agreed in the treaty in 1783 to evacuate all the fortified places within the boundaries of the United States, British garrisons still held Detroit, Mackinaw, Oswego, Ogdensburg, Niagara, Iron Point and Dutchman's Point on Lake Champlain, keeping open the natural highways between Canada and the United States. The fur trade was consequently in the hands of the men who had access to these posts, and while they held the posts, John Jacob Astor could only carry back to the city such furs as he had secured by tramping the eastern half of the state of New York, and the skins collected from the friendly part of the Six Nations. Even in these narrow boundaries, however, his business was growing, though both the fur trader and Captain Cooper, the father of Peter Cooper, who had a small hat factory in the same street, and purchased many a beaver skin from Astor, would have bought their skins cheaper, could Astor have ranged freely over the western country. Peter Cooper, who was just about a head taller than an ordinary table at this time, assisted in the hat-making by pulling the hairs out of rabbit skins. Henry Astor had continued to prosper. His corner on cattle, which greatly displeased his fellow butchers, to a certain degree controlled the New York market. He had a stall at this time in the fly market, a position of considerable importance and pecuniary advantage. John Jacob Astor did not always have an easy time in money matters, while carrying on his business ventures. He often had to pay Nathaniel Prime in Wall Street very large interest, and a large commission in getting long paper discounted. During his years of striving, he often called upon his old brother for a loan or an endorsement. Henry Astor was not fond of borrowing or lending to anybody. 
on one occasion john jacob needed two hundred dollars very badly and went to his brother and asked him to loan him that sum henry told him he would give him one hundred dollars if he would promise never to trouble him in that way again the younger brother needed more money at once and was likely to many another time and if john jacob astor made a promise he kept it he balanced the gift in his mind with the prospect of unwilling loans and decided to take the one hundred dollars and keep to the agreement during the next three years two children a girl and a boy were added to the astor family eliza and william backhouse both probably being born in the house in little dock street the boy was named for a prominent merchant of the city who had befriended john jacob astor during his early years in america after this increase in his family in the early nineties mr astor moved his home and his business to one hundred and forty nine broadway during these years he held the office of trustee in the german reformed church and the consistory met at various times in his house end of chapter twelve